Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Hot Springs Village Inside Out with another episode with Rick Marshall. Rick, you're still doing good. You're doing well today. Doing great. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, we're, we're hoping we're not going to get blown away. We're having a change of weather here that could be uh, significant. I tell you what, if it comes to the west end of the lake first, you let me know because I can see down there. But I, All yeah, right. yeah, you I got an eye on it. Got an eye on it. Let's talk about lakes uh, because I, I had a lady this morning uh, text me. And she is asking me about short-term rentals on the lakes. And she said, I had a place where I could put a hot tub and a kayak. And I'm looking at this unit over in Castellon. And I paused a minute and I said, I I did a little research real quick. And I said, is this on the lake? Yeah. Yeah. You're shaking your head. Yeah. And she was like, no, but it's right nearby. And I'm like, close, but no cigar. Am I close, Mr. Merrick? Well, if it's the particular unit I'm thinking of, it has a little courtyard behind it and then a little bit of a walk down to the cove. But uh, yeah, that's not considered waterfront. And, and why does that matter so much in a short-term rental? What, what's the deal? It's just, a, it's just you know, if, is it 30 feet from the house? Is it 300 feet from the house, but you're still on the lake? I guess if you're good at marketing, you could do, <laughs> you could have some pictures that are pretty creative and, uh, I think I'd be more worried about uh, my reviews afterward of people saying, yeah, the pictures made it look like I was right on the water mm-hmm. and, you know, um, we had to get the hiking cane out to, to make it to the water. So yeah. not really the waterfront that you represented in the listing. Yeah, we actually, and for those that do or don't know the village, I'll recap just a thing real quick. We're, Rick and I both are on Lake DeSoto. How many acres? 210? 200 acres, 200 acres and, and beautiful. It really is. And one of the reasons I think it's so beautiful, if you can see behind me at all, all the trees are grown in. I mean, it's 50 years old and there's mature trees everywhere. It's just gorgeous. It's Eden like, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. It's gorgeous. Well, and, and on the, on the West end here, where we're on the West end of the lake, you're looking at the East end behind me, Rick is on the West end. There are, there's a roads that surround there's Colella and there's DeSoto that kind of border the lake. There's a little bit of light industry. There's some restaurants and some shops and gas stations and whatever around there across the street from DeSoto. Uh, you would say easily a block away. That's a, that's a very generous description. Uh, probably more like a half mile to three blocks away. There's a lady who's marketing a, a lake rental in Valina courts, Valencia courts, 
where it, you wouldn't have, it's not just a hike. You would probably get in the car and drive to go to the lake. And, and it's not even going to be your lake. You'll have to go to, you know, but she has pictures of, of, a, of the beautiful little bench by the lake and, and all that. And yeah, that right. That, I- going to have a challenge becoming a super host doing that. I think, right? <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. So what, what has happened with lakefront properties? And we're going to talk about the lakefront properties in the village, but what has, and I'm not going to, well, I will, what has exploded on lakefront properties in the last post pandemic couple of years? Yeah. Well, we've seen the lot prices go up. That's been the most significant thing. Um, you, you've got the interior lots, the golf course lots, the waterfront lots, the supply and demand affects the the lower supply the most, right? So oh. there's only so many only so many lake lots, and that has really pushed those prices up. So we you can still get I, I have two listings right now, quarter acre, kind of steep down to Lake Coronado, um, fifty five thousand. I mean, you can still get a nice waterfront lot in that price range. Um, but there, but are you going to have fifty to sixty steps down to the lake? Thirty two. 32 feet down to the lake from the, from the walkout 64 steps ish. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. So yeah, I mean, to, to get, um, low bank waterfront on the main body of the lake, um, it's pretty hard to find. I mean, they just don't, not many of them exist and the ones that would are going to be up over a hundred thousand now. So, um, there was a nice little Coronado dam lot that, um, sold for 85,000 not too long ago. So, and that was had a low bank, but mm. those those lots just uh, they aren't just really aren't out there. Well, let's talk about this. And I always this had always confused me. Now I'm certainly in no way a real estate professional. Uh, I don't even play one on TV, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn Express. N- none of that. But I've always made note that when I see house lake prices just skyrocket, is that a fair word? I mean, they've just kind of exploded. Absolutely. Is it because the house has gotten so much more valuable or is it the land? No. And I I try to give examples of this to to try to explain it in easier fashion. I had a little cracker box rental property in Seattle that I had that I paid $139,000 for $100 a square foot when I bought it 20 years ago. And today that house sells for $400 a square foot. It is not a fancy house. It does not have a garage. It just is a just a nothing little house outside of Seattle. But the prices have gone up to where that house today would sell for $400 a square foot. Does it cost $400 a square foot to build that house? No. So what went up in value? Well, Mm. the ground that it's sitting on is what went up in value. And that's what translates to our increase in prices here. So if you can keep that in mind, as you think about what's going on here in the village, the lot prices are going up. The supply and demand is driving up the demand to be in those locations. And the, the house really hasn't gone up. Yes. We've had Hmm. uh, the spike in lumber prices that, that doubled and then got cut back in half. Fortunately. So those are back down, but other than an anomaly like that, that it's not the value of the house that's going up. It's the value of the land. And I, I, I just have to let that sink in. I really do. And I'm a guy who owns several lake houses and I'm, I'm trying to adjust my head and go, okay, well, for example, the home we're sitting in, you can look it up on the tax records. Uh, they appraise this lake lot at $60,000. Okay. Well, they appraised this lake lot at $60,000 15 years ago. Right. Well, 
you know, it may move to 80, it may move to something like that, but the house of the price of the house has, or the value of the house has nearly doubled in that time frame. So I say they, I'm talking about the assessor, which, you know, is, is, is another moving target, if you know what I mean. So let me, let's go back to the, the question I initially asked and that, or the, the point I brought up. And that was the lady who was asking about investing and making an STR in the village at this time. Is this the right time? Is this a good idea? How does this relate? I mean, what would you do? Well, again, with an investment, uh, supply and demand drives everything. And I'll tell you, the number of Airbnb buyers over the last six months has just been astonishing. Um, You're talking about in the village, in the village. In the village. I mean, 80% of my listings have been sold to cash buyers, from out of state looking to Airbnb. Now I do a lot on the water, so that's that is extra desirable for an Airbnb. So that's going to skew it a little bit. But those buyers are in 2006, everyone was watching HGTV and they were buying homes to flip, if you remember. Yep. I mean, you, yep. and, you and junk homes, junk and homes. Fixer upper was the word. I mean, oh. if you put if you put the word fixer upper in the comments of a listing, yep. it was sold. Really? I mean, that was that was a I mean, that was a good thing to be listing a fixer upper because it was it was gone. That's kind of where we've been the last 24 months or so is anything that can be airbnb if you can if you can put that it has a bedroom in the basement with a possible efficiency walkout <laughs> I, I mean people like the idea of being able to generate extra revenue and why wouldn't they i mean it's a it's a great opportunity that said there's a whole lot of people um that have come in with intentions of doing that and eventually you've got a larger supply so that's going to uh, the demand is is still there. The bookings are strong here in the village, especially seasonally, like right now. And you could attest to that. Mm -hmm. But the number of buyers coming in, I got to think that that's going to slow down here eventually. Along with the the all the cash and all the out of state buyers that are that are uh, bringing their cash in and and investing it right now. Things are cyclical. Things do go up and down. And I think we've probably seen the peak of some of that. Well, let me ask this because I wanted to know how this is related because, you know, we have people that say we have to have millions of units built. And I understand that. And I also heard other people that say, well, if we weren't telling them into short-term rentals, we wouldn't need so many million units. Right. Is that right? I mean, is that part of the deal? Multiple issues here. Well, number one, we have seen a shift. There's over a million standing units right now unsold in the United States. So really? that has shift that has shifted, um, particularly some markets that were that were screaming hot that soon as the, the Fed raised the interest rates, it slammed the brakes on in some of these markets and the builders kept building and they now have standing inventory and are seeing price reductions. So really that that's shifting. There's also the uh, the eviction moratorium has run out. Oh. It is possible to evict folks now. And there's 700,000 that are in ev the eviction category that could be and all of these factors, whether it's evictions, foreclosures, standing inventory with new construction, all of those dynamics, along with the interest rates, are going to determine where we go forward and, and will we see a recession. So it, there, there's more than one factor. It isn't just as simple as, hey, we're short on inventory. 
No, there's other factors that are going to come into play over the next year or two that are going to determine how hard we get hit if we get hit. I'm not worried about Hot Springs Village. I'm really not. I wouldn't want to be living in Austin, Texas and some of those markets, though. So let me get this straight. Had you recently purchased your old rental for $400 a foot, you would be nervous. Is that correct? I would be scared to death. <laughs> yeah, $600,000 for the house. It's it's ridiculous. Right, and, so, and it's a, I mean, I don't mean this wrong, but it's a track home. It's a cracker box built in the 50s. Yeah, it's um, it is it's nothing. It's, it's a normal home. Well, and I see, like you talk about the HGTV and all the fixer upper shows. Um, I see so many of those where they're trying to take literally cracker boxes or, or, you know, run of the mill track houses and make them not look like the track house four doors down, you know, so it's the repeat right. thing. And, and I think that's one of the things that I love. And I think you do too, about Lake living is that it's, it's, there's no two alike. There's nothing anywhere close to alike, which makes it so hard to try and describe what a property's worth and to try and describe the value. Rick, right. you and I know this, and I'm going to remind of our guest here, even on this relatively flat lake, there is a hard side and there is a soft side. Every creek, every river, every pond, every lake, every pond, every lake has a hard side and a soft side. Lake Coronado, the south side of Lake Coronado is relatively flat and easy and just walk right into the lake. The north side, you're going to have stairs. There will there will be stairs. There will be stairs. Uh, I've got a little something I'm going to spring on you that we hadn't talked about. And I want to, this is tough. It really is. But I'm going to tell you why people do STRs. You want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Jody, and I'm not going to use her last name. Um, Jody, one, two, three, four, five, six, six people and a kid, a child. Uh, it was 70 degrees and warm on April the 28th when they left. Uh, and it was mixed weather, a little bit of clouds. And somebody wrote in a different language that this is a, and I, I, I can protect the name here real quick cause it's high def, but yeah, this is a sheet that people leave a review when they check out. And yes, Diane and I are trying to build an income for retirement. That's what we do. We have Airbnbs for that purpose. But that's not the only purpose. The, the purpose is we sincerely love seeing families make great memories. Mm -hmm. Hold on to your drawers here. Somebody wrote, Nanny loves you always and forever, Jody. I don't, yeah. This trip was originally planned months ago. Mm as a hope to celebrate the completion of my sister Jody's chemo and radiation treatment from osteocarmona, osteocarmona, sarcoma, sorry. My sister was in remission for over 10 years of her life and at 29, so she originally got it at 19. At 29 years old, the cancer returned again. Chemo and radiation proved to do very little, and shortly after her 30th birthday, she found out the cancer had spread to make and made the decision to stop treatment <sighs> and to live her life as much as possible while she had the time left she had. This trip went from a celebration of a treatment completion to a celebration of what life she had left to live. This one got me <laughs> as if the rest hasn't. Sure. Jody scratch 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 it says was and it's scratched out and it says is six years younger than me but she's the light of my life this is her sister writing this 
<clears throat> she's beautiful, hardworking, loving, and kind. Easton, her godson, adores her with all he has in him. Mm. Life will never be the same without her when her time comes. I hope to see her live her life brightly, what's left of her life, boldly and joyfully, and fully knowing that she is deeply loved. I love you, Jody, and I can't say her name. My heart will miss you for all of the days once you leave and go to heaven. Keep my warm seat next to me for me, and I look forward to seeing you, hugging you <coughs> in the light of day again. Now, I got this. I got this after this lady wrote us a review telling us how special this time was. She wasn't at the Hilton. She wasn't right. at the Holiday Inn. She wasn't at the Motel 6 looking at the parking lot out back. Is there something magical about the water? Seems to do it for me. Seems to be better. Where I'm going with this, and I apologize, but where I'm going with this is people can make memories in a natural environment, in a home environment, that they're not going to make anywhere else. And, and if this confuses you in some way, or if you still don't see the charm of an STR, you've probably not been to one, or you've not been to a great one. And anyway, I'd always wanted to share that with you, Rick. I didn't know if I ever had. And I, no. I pulled that out of the drawer. When, uh, our cleaner brought that to us, and she had already let me know that it had gone from, you know, we're going to have a celebration to we're just we're celebrating what time we have left. Enjoying the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my STR story. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's an environment that is that is so relaxed. It is so unpressured. Um, there's there's no agenda. Yeah. Right. You stay in a hotel and, you know, you got maid service and you're in a city and you're coming, you're going and it's just a different feel when you're in a home on, on the water. It is. It's very, very and, and for us here, it's a decompression zone. And we hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. So many of our reviews will talk about if you want a place to unplug and get away and Diane and I have, you know, we're always thinking of ways to improve. And she's like, well, you know, what if we put an Xbox in? And I was like, under no conditions under no conditions. So we'll be in an estate sale and I look at a used Xbox and I'm like, well, that's cute. And I look over here and here's a game of Yahtzee. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take the Yahtzee. Right. It, yep. If if I wanted to go somewhere different and be with my family and ignore them, like I do at home, I could stay at home. Right. So right. Anyway, I digress, but thank you for that indulgence. Uh, we talked about not just an investment, but a lot of people, my neighbors across the street actually have picked up a home as a second home. Now, what, how does that line up as investments or is that just a cheaper way to do vacation or what? Well, I, second homes are obviously unique. You need to have the resources to do something like that. It's not necessarily the most efficient, um, form of investment as far as a, a return on your investment. You're really counting on appreciation as being, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have, you don't have a renter in there, so there's no one paying down the principal for you. Yeah. You don't, you don't really have the, the tax benefits other than a loss and the depreciation on the property. But you, if you're truly thinking of a second home from an investment standpoint, I would, 
take probably a second look at that and and decide either to be in an area where with rapid appreciation or looking at something where I can have some rental revenue, whether it's long-term or short-term, but um, a second home by itself is more, uh, I don't want to say primarily, but yeah, probably primarily is is for the use of the family when you have the means to have a second one. But well, from an investment standpoint, yeah. unless, unless you're in a really rapidly appreciating market, you're better off you know, dollars wise to having a, a renter in there. Well, it's better than a timeshare, right? <laughs> Uh, everything's better than the timesheet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, where I was going with that was, is, is that that, and, and people, I don't think people truly understand that, that don't, aren't engaged with STRs, haven't been to one or, or haven't had one, uh, you know, that partial rental income offsets that, you know, our, maybe their goal across the street is not to, you know, make, make a living income, but just to offset the expenses so that they can afford to, you know, we're paying the note. That's as good as we want, you know, that kind of thing. Do you see that? Yeah. And that's true, whether it's short-term or long-term uh, as an in- investor, when I was in Seattle, I didn't really care about positive cash flow. That wasn't as important because we had rapid appreciation. Mm-hmm. I knew that if I sat on it for five to 10 years, the property was going to double in value. So with that kind of appreciation, I wasn't as concerned here in the village other than the last two years, yeah. we just, you know, um, and, and and I'll stop right there and say, you know, we've got townhomes here that were at the lowest end would be Madrid courts. Mm-hmm. We had, you or know, DeSoto courts, DeSoto courts. I'm sorry, DeSoto courts, mm-hmm. uh, thinking of the association, uh, DeSoto courts. Two years ago, the, the those those two bedroom, one bath units were in the in the mid 50s. Today they're in the mid nineties, mm-hmm. so you had a thirty percent return two year, you know, a year to two years ago, and thirty percent in the last twelve months again. That's a huge appreciation. That's all you need, um, yeah. but you can't count on that necessarily uh, appreciation wise here in the village. In my opinion, it's more important to have that cash flow revenue to make it a good investment. That said, it's still difficult to have you know, returns, you're not going to have a 10% cap rate, um, a 10% return on your money every year. That's not a reasonable expectation either. Um, values have gone up enough that that's kind of compensated. So you may have a more 5% uh, cap rate is more typical for this area. You know, when the uh, stock market uh, goes down, they will say that there was a, a rush to safety. You know, we went to the big blue chips. We went to the whatever. I think part of the uh, the um, acceleration of the village has been the rush to safety, and, and we don't even talk about this enough. We really don't. And and I I use this number, and you had asked me about this number once before. Um, the the crime in the village is thirteen point six percent of the national crime rate. Outside that gate, it's eighty eight percent. Outside this gate, it's eighty six percent. In here, it's thirteen point six, which is one sixth of the national crime rate. Do we have it? Absolutely. We have crime. Do we have it like they do outside? No, not by the, we don't have as much of it by any stretch. And, and where I'm going with all that is we, we just kind of, that's a fact, that's a, a piece of the, 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 the multiplication table that we just aren't putting in so many times. Yes, there's a lake. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's affordable. Yes, it's inexpensive. Yes, it's appreciating. Yes, you can get a good bargain. And no, your stuff's not going to be robbed every three weeks. 
and you're not going to be beaten the head and taken or shot or, you know, you don't hear shootings, you don't, whatever, all that to say, let's go back to just a little bit more. And I know we had started out this show that I took away from the, the point, but we'd started out this show talking about the 11 lakes and let's just talk about lakefront property and two things. Cooper built two things that they, well, three, they built the infrastructure and streets. They built uh, the, the golf courses and they built the lakes. Well, you build golf courses so you can build homes around golf courses. Well, you build lakes so that you can build homes around the lakes. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we have seen pretty dramatic increase in lot sales um, throughout the village, not just lakes, golf courses, but even the interior lots are doing much better than um, than they have historically. We still have, obviously, an abundance of, of lots. Um, the POA purchased back from the commissioner of state lands, another 2,100, um, lots last year. They're, they're doing the right things and we're, we're trying to get some of that inventory sold off, um, to give you an idea because the, the lot values get pushed up supply and demand from where we have, uh, well, and, and I meant to ask you, is this, is this a rising tide lifts all ships kind of thing? Exactly right. Okay. Exactly okay. right. So Interior lots that typically uh, in the past have been sold as almost amenity lots, right? I mean, golf lots. Yeah. Yeah. $43 a month for the monthly dues. Um, Not likely a lot that somebody's going to build on anytime soon, but you get the discount for golf. Um, The other lots, a little bit nicer, two to 5,000 for an interior lot on the east side, maybe a little bit more desirable. Um, you get up into the five to 7,000, you get on the golf course for 15,000, you get on waterfront in the 50,000 range, uh, as, as a start, not, not the best quality, but, uh, the low end, but look at the numbers. You would think that, um, maybe with, the uh, with COVID and that, that type of a thing, maybe we would have had a slowdown, but it was quite the opposite. Check out the lot sales in the village going back to 2017, where we only had 91 lots that sold in 2017. 2018 was 120. 2019, not much better, or actually went back. Um, 2020, finally got over 200 lots. 2021, all time 316. And then we're on track to do that again year to date with 153. So good lot sales numbers. And so that, that rising tide lifts all boats. That, that really is a possibility that is, as the land values increase, the interior lots get bought, the golf courses, the waterfront, we already have a shortage of building lots with waterfront and to get on the lot will continue to be more and more um, supply and demand driven. There was a lake outside of Seattle uh, lake sawyer was considered timbuktu sound familiar um nice lake but in 1993 there wasn't a house on that lake that was worth three hundred thousand dollars no way you could you know would spend three hundred thousand to live on lake sawyer today there's not a home under a million on that lake same so, homes roughly or many of them the same homes. many of them they're the original homes that were built yes so and again, it's not that those million dollar homes for a 3000 square foot, it's, it's not, it's not the, the cost of the house, the land value went up to, to buy waterfront, the demand to be on the water continued to increase and drove the prices up. 
Mm. So the waterfront that we're seeing, I mean, we're up to 48% on waterfront cash buyers on our waterfront this year, year to date. This year. Yes. That's a huge number, more than double the national average. So we're getting folks from Texas and California and Illinois, all those states that, you know, are wanting to move into the village. But what lifestyle do you want once you're in the village? Yeah, there's some great interior lots where if you want privacy, you can get privacy. If you want to be on the golf course, beautiful. Uh, Randy talks about that there's an Airbnb he likes that's, you know, tranquil and on the golf course. Mm-hmm. That's great. There's never really anything quite like being on the water, though. I yeah. mean, you can, whether you Airbnb it or not, um, the demand is just going to be highest for waterfront. Always will be. Well, let's go back to the lots here real quick. Now, how does the POA figure into this? Now, they they do have their own lot sales program. They do. Um, I have a list of over 700 lots that, you know, they've given out to the realtors. The, the realtor community has those available to sell too. This does not include those numbers. So uh, if they if they've sold a lot, it's not on that sheet you just it's showed. It's not on here. This is this was in the M, out of the MLS. This was listed lots um over 300 last year and we're on track for that again this year. So good numbers. That's that's what we want to see. We want to see those get purchased. We want folks paying their POA dues on those lots. That helps, you know, everyone uh for gets our roads fixed and keeps our dues low. Yeah, and our culverts fixed. Well, I'll tell you what, let's let's take a swing by real quick because I do see the dark clouds coming on your end, by the way. You can't, you're going to have to look back over your house to see them, but they'll be there. They'll be there. Uh, But no, what I was going to say, let's start on the West End. We have Lake Segovia, which is 12 acres. Yeah, very small. Um, Surrounded by townhouses, mostly. Mostly. Um, There's one seven acre parcel there that I have listed for 135,000. That's a unique piece of property. But, I know uh, that guy. I know that yeah, guy. I, I know the guy. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Your wife sleeps with him. Yeah, she so, does. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Segovia. Yeah. That's the, that's at the far West end. Then we dump into Lake DeSoto. Lake DeSoto dumps into Lake Cortez. Cortez dumps over the over the cliff and back down to the middle fork of the Saline River. Well, let, let me interrupt you for one second. Yeah. Segovia doesn't have any watercraft or uh, it has no no powered craft. Correct. So so they could have paddle boats, they could have kayaks, they could have things like that, paddle boards, uh, but but no water. I mean, no no motorized activity, right? That's right. We really have four full recreational lakes, and that um, that's DeSoto, Cortez, Coronado, and Balboa. Those okay. four, two of those and, have a, a marina. Yeah, and and Desoto is the smallest with two hundred. Right. Cortez doesn't have a marina, and it's how many? How many? One hundred eighty-six, something like that. Two hundred forty acres. Two hundred forty. Two hundred forty. And yep. and good point. I wanted to make note: the water literally comes in through Cedar Creek, feeds Lake Segovia. Lake Segovia overflows and goes through the golf course into Lake Desoto, which right. we're sitting on now, and, and is pretty relatively deep for a for a village lake. Uh, and it goes out of here and down into Lake Cortez, which is even deeper, <laughs> as I would read it. Uh, what would you say about Lake Cortez? Uh, it's probably my favorite lake, even though I live on DeSoto. Um, um, it it even is a little bit more of a bowl in how it comes down. Um, it it has a it's not a an oblong oval. It has mm-hmm. kind of a uh, a little takeoff to it. So. Um, it's just a, it's a beautiful 
area. It's steep on, again, like you described, is you got very steep on the north side. Um, other areas like Ruby Circle, where it's quite a bit shallower and you've got um, the low bank waterfront. But Cortez is just a beautiful lake. I mean, I, it's a it's a favorite of mine. And um, uh, Coronado goes up an, 150 acres larger. You go up to 380, 390 acres on Coronado. And then, of course, Balboa is n- over 900, 944 acres. Well, let's go back to Coronado just for a second and, and, yeah. and talk about yeah, issues. Uh, we have Lake Panada which is fed outside from the big pond outside of the ch- the, the uh, contemporary Christian ranch, uh, which is also the, the youth camp. But the, basically it's an overflow from that pond into Lake Panada and Lake Panada <clears throat> occasionally referred to as the snake lake because it can be, it can have occasional water reptiles on it and they're not poisonous. All of them, just some of them will be fair. There are fair. snakes in all of the lakes. That would be true. That would be yeah. true. There's not a lake here. And, and, whether you like it or not, that's a sign of a healthy lake. That's right. Yeah, because the snakes have to have something to eat. If there's not little fish and there's not minnows and there's not frogs, then you're not going to have snakes and you have a sterile lake. So, yeah, right. it, it's a trade-off. But all that said, uh, Lake Panada, which is a, it, it is a great fishing lake. I'll give you that. But it has it's kind of V-shaped and has a lot of deep coves in it. How big is it? A hundred and what? Uh, no, it's not that. I don't 85 or something. Isn't that it? big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's got, it's got deep coves this direction, but they're not, I mean, they're fairly shallow. So, I mean, yeah. You've, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and as you said, that dumps over then into Coronado and Coronado into Balboa, but uh, and that spillway have, at the really back of two, two stream systems that mm-hmm. go, that go from West to East, uh, one North and South kind of yep. correct. Well, but the, the, the thing I was talking about Lake Panada, when we've had a big rain, the Lake Panada waterfall is amazing. Gorgeous, it is. Yeah. Uh, and there's huge boulders the size of this house with rocks just pouring over it, uh, water pouring over. It goes into the stream that actually goes right by the RV park that yeah. feeds all of Lake Coronado. Now, let's not brush past this. Uh, Lake Coronado has a boat dock, per se, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have a marina. So if you want to fill up your boat, you got to tug some gas from end to end, unless... You have an electric boat, which is pretty, pretty popular on Lake Coronado. But right. what I was going to say also, talk about the fitness center and the helipad there. Yeah, right on the lake. I mean, a gorgeous backdrop to the fitness center. And you've got the tennis courts. You've got the indoor pool. Um, just a beautiful amenities to be right on the edge of the water. And while they don't have a marina, they do have the boat slips that are mm-hmm. rentable. Um, I think they're pretty full, if not absolutely full. But um, but you're right. You'd be lugging gas if you live on Coronado. There's just a downside of it. It is a gorgeous lake. It is yeah. simply gorgeous. Uh, one of the probably one of the the prime spots there. And just to give people an idea, um, at the far west end where the natatorium, the the workout center, the indoor pool, the sauna, the the steam room, the hot tub, the tennis courts, the Coronado Center where we have concerts, the library, the bowling, lawn bowling, all that. It's just a few steps away from dozens of condos right on that end or townhouses right on that end. Now, the rest of the lake pretty much is is all homes, freestanding homes. But uh, tell me about the townhouses on the nor- just north of that west end. Yeah, I just sold eight Apollo. Um, Spell the, that, would you? Spell that. Like Opal, A O P A L. 
okay. with an O on the end. So Opalo, um, uh, a, a three bedroom unit, two bath, um, for 275. That, I mean, that, that was a, um, kind of broke new ground in, in that area, but the three bedroom units have, have gone up from depending on which lake and, and what amenities and whether they've been remodeled, those townhomes have, have cracked 300,000 in some cases here in the village now. So the two bedrooms, you can't even get on, you can't buy a two bedroom on the water under 200 anymore. Um, and I'm, I'm chuckling because I know people outside of the hot springs village area are going, what, what? Yeah. yeah. Let, let's, let's talk. And I, I, I don't usually want to go into this, but you and I, or you and I, I have, and you're marketing for us a 21 acre parcel on the far West or East end of that, I guess. Uh, but at that said, that 21 acres, we had an engineer come in, wanted to review or engineer and architect, wanted to review the property, wanted to look that it's for sale. And one of the things that he said was, was that the buy-in, the buy-in, the, the connection fees right. were not expensive at all in his mind. So t- address yeah. that. Well, he was talking about the, just the water connection in Colorado, where he came from was a $33,000 cost to him to to uh, to put that together for his uh, in his subdivision for his two acre parcel, not so sewer, he, just water. Right, and so he was asking about the utility access and and the costs and the fees. And when I described to him that um, yes, you're entitled to POA water. Uh, the electricity is right here at the street. Um, the grinder system for sewer, uh, all of that together. You, you can typically, I mean, you're not going to spend $20,000 on all of it. Permits, fees, grinder, connection, water connection, electric connection, all of all of that. You aren't going to spend $20,000 here in the village. Um, and, and he was just shocked. Well, what did he say his came to? He, he had talked to the POA about this. And for I guess where I'm going is... For the for the person who's not here but's listening in, what would it cost if I had a you know just a raw piece of ground and I wanted to start building? What are my startup costs to just break ground and start getting going? What did that come to roughly? Well, we did just have an increase, so I got to I got to kind of preface this with the fact that the grinder system, the board just decided that rather than being responsible for the grinder systems in perpetuity and it being an expense to the POA that they're going to now permit those, allow the builders to install them. And then the homeowner will now be responsible for those grinder systems rather than the POA. So it was a practical um, change that they had to make, but that is going to be a little bit of a change in, in the costs as well. So Typically, um, you know, we've we've been for as little as twelve thousand dollars for total costs to build, you know, out the door. But it's going to be higher than that with the with the modifications to the grinder situation. With the grinder pumps coming in, and and let's talk real quick uh, as we we're going through the village. We're about to get to Balboa, but the Balboa Lake. But why do we have grinder systems and pumps? What does that do? Why why don't we just let the sewage run down the road like it always does to the to the lower point? Well, and some of us do, not very many of us in the village, but those here on Lake DeSoto, we have a gravity system. We do not have grinders here. So the very first phase of the village um, was the, was the traditional um, gravity, but we do have a pump down on Kalea and that um, it is there, but um, but the rest is gravity. The, the rest of the village went to the grinder system and it, it's 
been actually pretty amazing to look back just as so many things that Cooper did, how much forethought he had, you know, thinking of 60,000 people living in the village, not the 14 or 15,000 that we have today. And that's actually caused a little bit of a situation. I know uh, flow wise, there's one area on, on the east side of the village that I had explained to me that the gray water doesn't move fast enough in the pipe because we don't have enough volume uh, through that pipe in that part of the village. And again, they built the infrastructure, those pipes to, you know, to accommodate full developed village and we're just not there yet. So they're actually having to look at doing a few things to keep that moving. Um, mm. But amazing that Cooper didn't cut costs and allow things to have to be improved in huge expensive ways. He really built it with the same thing on our water supply and other issues where just had a lot of foresight. Um, well, he, there, there was no, uh, there was nothing except the good moral character of the man from keeping him from not building the system to the present needs or 50% over the present needs and go, right. Hey, because after he got through with the property and, and to explain how this works, when they built this lake in 1971 and 72, they bulldozed all this down in here. They cut all the trees out. They sold it back to warehouser who they bought the limber from the first time they filled the water up. They got the lake going and they turned the deed over to the POA and went, here's your lake now. And you get to, you get to, to maintain and sustain this lake. Well, guess what? They could have done the same thing with the sewer systems and the water systems and whatever. They could have underbuilt it and just said, up, oh, it's your job to upgrade it now. But All as right. we move on, one of my favorite areas, just FYI, is the backside of Lake Coronado. It is gorgeous. There's a spillway there that nobody knows how to get to. Typically, you walk down to it and there's this stream creek, whatever, that's maybe 15, 20 feet wide with big rocks and water just pouring over it. And you're, when you walk down there, you're right behind the cemetery and you walk another few feet down and you're behind the, uh, the beehive, uh, uh hangout right. on the other side of that is the Cedar Creek's walking trail. That'll take you several miles down to what is that? I keep getting, is it mail route road? I keep getting the road backwards, but it's the road that is the barrier between the Coronado runoff and where Lake Balboa begins. And I'm trying uh, to think, um, it's either mail route or anyway, Danville, Danville, I think it is. But anyway, where Lake Balboa begins, how big is Lake Balboa? 944 acres. So it's really? significantly bigger, more than twice as big as Coronado, the second. So it it's the big lake. So, you know, where we have 150, 160 people living on Lake DeSoto, there's another 165 homes on Cortez, 215 people living on Coronado. There, there must be at least 500 homes on Balboa. Now you're saying people, but you mean homes too. I meant homes. Yeah, yes, sure, sure, sure. So the, there's, there's how, say the homes again, how many, 180 on? 100 and. 155 or so, 165, 215. And then, I mean, there's 500 plus there's close to 500. Yeah. Now, if, if you notice when you, if you've been to the village, if you haven't, I'll explain, but if you have, you'll notice when you come in the East end, it's relatively flat. There's a few Hills. As you come to the West end, you're rising in altitude the whole time. You will come up at least 350 feet from the West, from the East gate to where you and I are sitting right now. And then maybe a few more by the time you get out to the, to the top of the Hill, as we would call it the West gate. But that said, 
you don't, it's such a gradual change. You don't think much about it, but the lakes on the, the mid to Eastern side um, from Magellan and Balboa on, they're much smaller properties. They're eight, 10, 10, 11, that kind of thing. Right. Talking about lot sizes. No, no. Lake sizes, lake sizes, oh, uh, lake sizes, Lake Lake Sophia, Lake Maria, Lake Estrella, yes. Lake Isabella. No, significantly less down to 11 acres. I mean, they're, they're, they're very small. But that's just a really different feel yeah. here in the village. Um, it's more of a manicured, very homogenous. The homes are newer. There's a lot more brick. Um, um, it's, they were it's, all built around the same time. Yeah, there's more of an elegance to it. definitely the golf um, club feel mm-hmm. on that side of the village and in that area. Uh, Lake Granada in that area is is very desirable. Um beautiful golf course that, you know, the, 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 the real money, a lot of the, a lot of the real money is, is, uh, is, is being uh, dropped there with builders that are building some fabulous brand new homes yeah, um, yeah. on, on some lots on the golf course, as opposed there. to the fake money they're using on this end. I understand. Yeah. I got it, Rick. I got it. Don't, I got it. Don't, don't give the secret away. <laughs> we we kind of like it here on the West side. So well, let, let me mention also, and for those of you that haven't visited or don't know or whatever, if you come in on the west side of the gate, the west side of the village, which when you come in from Hot Springs, it's the closest on Highway 7, you'll travel about 9 to 11 miles and you'll come to uh, Balboa Road. And Balboa Road is at the westernmost point uh, of, of, uh, of Lake Balboa, and it's right there by the woodlands. That is where the original village stopped. When, P- when Cooper bought their original 14,000 acres, that's where it ended right there was at Balboa Road. And that line of delineation was 1990. So anything built beyond that point cannot be more than 1990 because it didn't exist. It was just timberland. But what happened was is on the far, far, far east end where you talk about the manicured and the lots and the whatever, and you're exactly correct. But on that far east end, they had, re- they had c- clear cut that. They didn't know if Cooper was going to make it. They didn't know if Hot Springs Village was going to make it. So they clear cut that and reseeded it with little pine saplings. So here on our end, we have (laughs) wild mixtures of cedar, oak, gum, elm, gum, pine, everything. Is that thunder? No, I'm just pointing at the. Oh, at the trees behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the giant white oaks, one of which just fell across the, the cove here about two weeks ago. And the POA was right out there to cut it up and haul it away. But. Yeah, we, we've got some huge trees on this side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas on that end, typically it's it's a lot of pine plantation pines. And don't get me wrong, it's attractive, it's pretty. It will grow into this eventually because that's how Arkansas is. It's green and lush and it will grow. But, it, it, the, you know, if you took pictures from the golf courses, you wouldn't think it was even the same place. Of course, right. it is about 17 miles apart too. So there's that, right? Right. Have we missed anything else about the lake, Rick? Uh, the dine rounds. Oh yeah. What is that? Well, and, and every, every lake has a little bit different. It sounds like, so what is that? Yeah. Like Coronado that you had mentioned the other day was having a kind of a sunset, uh, cruise, but here on Lake DeSoto, I kept, after we moved here, kept hearing the, the different people talk about, boy, it was really neat when we had the dine rounds. I said, what in the world is a dine around? I, I literally didn't know what they were talking about. And, yeah. and until I went and did a market analysis for, a lady that was uh, lived here on the lake that used to head it up and, and Marty Mathers, she, she yeah. shared and she said, well, 
yeah, we used to go from dock to dock and we'd share food and we'd tie our boats, our pontoon boats in the middle of the lake and we'd have a little party and get together. And we, I said, what, you did this once a year, like for 4th of July? She said, no, we did it every month. And I said, to well, which you I, said, I could do this. I said, this sounds great. I said, why don't you do it anymore? And she, well, it's, it was a lot of work organizing and some of the people moved away and it just kind of fell by the wayside. And I said, well, I'll sponsor it right here, right now. Let's do it. And uh, so my wife agreed to, to help out with that, do the emailing and, and uh, connecting with folks. And we hosted um, our doc and we had uh, the very first time tried to get the word out. And I started a website called lakedesoto.com so that people could go on there and see when the, 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 uh, the dates were of the dine arounds. And it's the last Tuesday of every month. So uh, people will choose to host a doc and they'll have uh, the, the first night we had uh, the first month that we did it, we had jambalaya was at one of the docks and then somebody had pulled pork at the next one. And then everybody came to our back deck right back here for, des for dessert afterwards. And it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's growing and the word's getting out that we're doing it again, but what a neat way to meet your neighbor. And even if you don't have a boat or you don't have a dock, it doesn't matter if you live on the lake and you want to get to know your neighbors, you can participate. As I understand it, August 31st, it's going to be right out here. 20, nope, not the nope, 30, 20, 30 for 28th, 29th, the last Tuesday of the, of last the month. Tuesday last of Tuesday of the month, Dennis. Last yes, Tuesday yes, of the yes. Month. Coronado right. also has a cruise around, which I thought was interesting. And But now Balboa has its own yacht club, which, yeah, right. it's, uh, okay, but it's fun. Well, they're the they're great fun. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the east side. Well, that, that I'd like to call them mid-village. Okay. So they don't get a big head. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So well, I don't good. know. Is there anything else we missed? I think that's it. Well, recovering our lake show here, re, re, uh, wrapping, doing a wrap up here. We've covered the lakes of Hot Springs Village and the beautiful area around it. We actually covered a little bit of the weather and a lot of the investing. And uh, I tell you what, next time, Rick, you'll come back and join us. Absolutely. Anytime, Jim. We'd Dennis, love to have anytime. you. For Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.